You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Surprising to hear that a recent survey found that Americans were significantly more likely to say they felt lonely than they had been the previous year. In fact, the study found that three in five Americans they surveyed, 61%, felt lonely. And this was up from 54% the previous year. Now, what might surprise you is to know that this study was conducted and completed before the onset of COVID 19, before stay at home orders and quarantining. See, we have in our culture a loneliness problem. It's even been described as an epidemic. And I think that that may actually be an understatement because many of us feel lonely, isolated, disconnected. Some of us consider ourselves introverts. That means that we get our energy recharged by being by ourselves. Others of us are extroverts. That means that being in social situations or in relational situations Being around people is what refuels us. Whenever I take one of the surveys that determines whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert, it tells me what I already know. I'm an extreme extrovert. I love being around people. And if I need to be recharged, if I need to get my energy up, it means that I need to be around people in conversation and interacting in social situations because I'm an extreme extrovert. I recently had a pretty dramatic challenge to my extroversion and my needs as an extrovert. I had a 10-day full quarantine, isolated in my room, away from my friends and family, because of an exposure to COVID-19. And I can tell you that for me as an extreme extrovert, it was difficult to only have conversations with people over a device or through a closed door, to not even be able to spend time with my wife and children. But whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, All of us were designed to experience healthy social interactions and to be in relationships. If you look at Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, the Bible opens with God creating a beautiful, lush, full of life world. And everything that's created is described as good except one thing. When we get to chapter 2, we find that only one human was created and that God knew that it was not good for this person to be alone. So God creates a partner, a suitable helper to come alongside and to be in relationship. See, it's part of our DNA, part of our hardwiring, that we're supposed to be in relationships. You need family. You need friends. You need a social group, a church family, people to be around you and to come alongside of you because you were not meant to do it alone. Life was not meant to be lived in isolation. We're in a series called Didn't See It Coming, based on a book by Carrie Newhoff. And in this book, Carrie identifies some challenges that can catch us off guard. And one of those that he describes is disconnection. And listen to what he says about disconnection. We live in a world where you can have 500 friends and still feel isolated and abandoned. As a culture, the more connected we've become, the more isolated we've grown. And it's easy for us to look at our current situation and say, well, here's the problem. The problem is our technology. We all spend our days with our noses in our phones. Of course we feel disconnected. 
But that's not necessarily the case. In fact, our technology and our social media has created us a, a world where we can be connected and, and stay in contact and communication with family members and friends that before we would have lost touch with. The problem isn't the technology. This is what Carrie says about technology. Technology does a good job of revealing what's already inside you. If you're narcissistic by nature, social media gives you a new platform to express your self-centeredness. If you lean toward workaholism, you'll always have access to your office as you carry your device with you everywhere. If you're inclined to look outside your marriage or your current relationship for intimacy, it's easier than ever before. Technology didn't create these issues. It just reveals them and amplifies them. And I would expand this to say that there are many aspects of modern life, the way we live today, that do exactly this. They don't create the problems, but they amplify them. They make them larger and louder in our life. So the question for us is, if social media and technology isn't the cause of our disconnection, what is? Why are we disconnected? Well, I think it comes down to a couple of things. We don't know how to have healthy conversations and we avoid authenticity and vulnerability. And these are not new problems. Listen to what the wisdom of the Old Testament says, the ancient Hebrew wisdom of the Proverbs. Proverbs 12, 18 to 20. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. Deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills hearts that are planning peace. See, we don't know how to have healthy, life-giving conversations. But this is not new. The Proverbs say that some people make cutting remarks. I want you to think back through your last week or two. How often have you been on the giving or receiving end of cutting marks? Where someone uses words to harm or to hurt. Or maybe you haven't been the one who directly received them or directly gave them, but maybe you've been a spectator to cutting words. But Proverbs says that the words of the wise bring healing. Poor communication skills and, and violence in the way we speak to each other is not new. It's always been around. The Proverbs have a lot to say about the way we speak. Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Is that how people would describe you? It goes on to say the mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. Or Proverbs 10, 11 through 12, the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. We need to learn how to have healthy, life-giving conversations because our words matter. And when we don't know how to have good conversations, we will be disconnected. But we also need to learn how to be authentic. Think about the way many people use social media. I'm not saying you've been guilty of this, but you probably have. Most of us, when we use social media, we only present a very narrow view of our lives to the world. And some of that's for our own self-protection, but some of it's because we really care what other people think about us. And we feel the pressure to conform to a certain type of life. Maybe all of our posts have a certain filter on them. Maybe only certain pictures make the cut. And the real us would never cut it online. But remember, social media is not the problem. It only amplifies the problem. 
And you may even be tempted to think, what's the big deal? Why does it matter that I only share certain parts of my life? I, I hide or you know, scoot away some of the other parts that I don't want people to know. But remember, truth is important. Authenticity and vulnerability are important. Back in Proverbs 12, truthful words stand the test of time, but lies will soon be exposed. Deceit fills the hearts that are plotting evil. Is deceit filling the way you live, especially online? Why are we inauthentic? Why do we present versions of ourselves to the world that aren't real? Well, we want approval. We feel pressure to conform. And at the end of the day, a lot of us feel insecure about who we are. And the Proverbs warn us that our lives will be exposed. The deceit and evil are connected. And we need to be careful about how we present authentic versions of ourselves to our friends and family and to the world through our social media platforms. So how do we fight this connection? If we know that we have a communication problem, we know that we have an authenticity problem, how do we fight the temptation to fall into disconnection. Well, first we need to do this. We need to slow down. Dallas Willard famously said, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry in your life. Think about how many times you've said, I don't have time for that. That's our excuse today. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. If the last few months have taught us anything, is that most of us have time for that. It's impossible to make connections with other people if you don't take the time, if you don't prioritize the time. Richard Beck wrote in his book, Stranger God, the speed at which we move through our days is a form of violence. See, we go so fast through life and we pack our schedules with so many things that if we don't slow down, it will injure the people around us. So we need to slow down. But we also need to unplug. In the chapter on disconnection, Carrie Newhoff says, Our devices have an uncanny ability to interrupt anything significant. Think about all the times you've been having an important conversation with a friend or a spouse or a child or a parent, and all of a sudden a message came through, or something caught your eye on a device that was already turned on. Those moments were disrupted because we're afraid to unplug. And it's important to take some time away to prioritize relationships, to put your phone away at dinner time. But we also need to intentionally connect. You fight disconnection by connecting. We need to work at connecting because it doesn't happen naturally. We were built to be in relationships, but relationships are not easy. Proverbs 16.24 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. You need good communication in your life. Ask yourself, who are my conversation partners? Who are the people that I am in relationship and communication with on a regular basis? And I want to be really clear here. You need to ask yourself, do all of my communication partners look like me? Do they all have the same background as me, hold the same social and political opinions as me? Because there's a temptation for us, and this is fueled by social media algorithms, to only listen to voices and interact with people who fit the same mold that we fit. Dr. John Perkins said this, Jesus intentionally brought together disciples who were very different, fishermen, tax collectors, not people who would naturally love one another. But he did this to show us what love looks like in practice. 
we have the privilege of putting the same kind of love on display as we love those who don't look like us. In an interview, Dr. Perkins also said this, I feel like I'm winning when I'm speaking to someone who is different than me. I feel like I'm winning when I'm being kind to someone who is different than me. So you may be asking, well, how do I connect with people who are different than me? Well, it requires us to do a couple of things. We have to be intentional about listening more and encouraging more. If we're going to connect with people who are different than us, we have to listen more and encourage more. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 32 says this, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up or encouragement, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. See, we need to listen more and encourage more if we're going to build relationships and connect with people who are different than us. But for some of us, the problem isn't connecting with people who are different than us. Some of us, the hardest people to connect with are those in our very home. Many of us have felt the challenges and the pressures of connecting with our family members over the last few months as we spent so much time together. And this reminds me what James says in James chapter 1, verse 19. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And if I'm being honest, this one's hard. This one's a difficult one for me. But if you're going to connect with your family, listen more, speak less, and become angry less. Check your temper. But we also need to learn to confess. When we slow down, when we unplug, when we intentionally connect with other people, eventually we need to get to a place where we're open enough and honest enough with those around us to share our struggles and our brokenness. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Carrie Newhoff said, We avoid confession because it requires us to look in the mirror. It demands revealing the real you that you don't want anyone to see. As we think about what it looks like to push off and fight against the disconnection, the ultimate goal for us is that we can have real, authentic, vulnerable relationships with people we can trust, the people we can be real with. See, some people will make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. Deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills hearts that are planning peace. What we need in this moment, this time in history, is healing from wise words. What we need in this moment is honesty that will stand the test of time. What we need in this moment is joy filling our hearts. What we need right now is to plan peace so that we aren't caught off guard by disconnection. We were, each of us, designed to be in relationship. The God who designed us also pursued us, wanting to be in relationship with us. In love, God lived among us, experienced humanity, and showed us exactly how to love. 